Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. If you listen to this show, we had Chris Paul on. And when we talked to Chris Paul, we came away from it saying, what does he want for his legacy? He wants to be close to his family. We know that's important. He wants to win a championship. We know that's important. How can he make all of it come together in one place? Well, yesterday, he took a significant step towards doing exactly that. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And Harry, I just kept thinking about yesterday being a statement day. Yesterday was a statement day for Chris Paul as he gets traded from the Wizards to the Golden State Warriors. It was a statement day from Golden State turning around and saying, we're going to trade Jordan Poole out. We're going to bring Chris Paul in. You and I have been looking at this Chris Paul situation for not just days, not just weeks, but for quite a long time since we started together about what would be the best situation, what's the best way for him to get what he wants. Yesterday, one of the biggest brands in the NBA joined one of the biggest brands in the NBA, and Chris Paul now is looking around at his teammates saying, why not us? Why not this team? Why not the Warriors to get me the championship I crave so much? But let me say this. I don't think it's a necessary, necessarily a great fit for Chris Paul. When it comes to the Golden State Warriors fits and the way they like to play the game of basketball with pace, moving up and down, not allowing the opposing team's defense to set up, Chris Paul, when he was with the Phoenix Suns, he embraced slowing things down, getting things into the half-court set, getting into the pick-and-roll with DeAndre Ayton. So it's kind of it's kind of a contrasting uh, style of play when it comes to Chris Paul and the Golden State Warriors and what they like to do. Now, with all that being said, things could change and players can adapt to the system that they're going to, which is, I'm just saying, for for me looking at this trade at the moment, Chris Paul, his history tells us that he's going to slow the game down a little bit. So I'm trying to figure out what Golden State was thinking here with this move. Because they did give away Jordan Poole, and I know a part of that had to do with, you know, getting that, that, that money off the books. And Jordan Poole, uh, after getting this money, not being the happiest and upset about playing time. And we've seen how that leaked over into the playoffs and whatnot. And wasn't great for the Golden State Warriors, but I'm just trying to figure out what are the Golden State Warriors thinking by bringing in another point guard like Chris Paul that doesn't have size and where it fits. We talked about this numer- numerous of times. I think the Golden State Warriors need more size, whether it's wing defenders or a, or, or a five-man. So I, I agree with everything you just said, and I have thoughts on what Chris Paul's thinking here. But first, let's start with the Warriors' angle on this. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst on NBA Today, said this about why the Warriors had to do this deal simply to get rid of Jordan Poole. We saw the writing on the wall. We saw at times when Steph Curry was frustrated with him when he was taking shots that the Golden State Warriors felt like should have been in Steph's hands. We seen and we heard Draymond Green talk about how that incident basically broke up their locker room and they weren't going to win the championship. We saw the drop-off. And the great Kevin Garnett used to always say, watch the young players after they get their money, and that's how you can see the real them. Since Jordan Poole got the bag, he's been a completely different player. I think this is a right move for the Warriors, and I would love to see Chris Paul alongside Steph Curry. So I think, Harry, that speaks to some of the Warriors portion of it. I quickly, though, want to go to what you were saying about Chris Paul. To me, this move speaks of sacrifice. 
Because you're right, Chris Paul does want to play a, a slower tempo game. And Chris Paul, yeah. I think, by taking this this trade, by by letting this be the way that it played out, I think Chris Paul is acknowledging he's going to play less minutes in a way that he's less comfortable. But what does he get? He gets to be right down the road from his family. We talked about how much family matters to him. His family's in California. It's a heck of an easy, uh, you know, when you're on that PJ life, like that private jet gets you from Golden State to L.A. to that area pretty darn quickly, right? So he gets to be super close to his family, and he gets to be on a team that even this year when things didn't look the way we thought they needed to, still had some people thinking they were going to find a way to get themselves into the NBA championship. So in my mind, Chris Paul says, hey, might not be the best fit for me in some way style Realistically, I'll sacrifice that. And then the, the Warriors turn around and say, hey, we get rid of Jordan Poole. We get rid of what has turned into a cancer in our locker room. We get rid of that money and we bring in somebody that's willing to sacrifice, that's been through so much in this league, that can be a calm hand to give us quality minutes. I'm not sure it fixes all of their issues. But to me, Harry, those little fixes have huge results in the way the Warriors look this year. And I think sacrifice is the perfect word, fits because when you look at Chris Paul and Steph Curry, those two guys have had a little rival going on for the last few years. I would say probably more than a few years between the two players. And it's been a dandy and it's been a uh, fine thing to uh, to be able to witness and watch when my eyes uh, has been on the TV. I would also say this, the word sacrifice. This uh, this move also tells me that Chris Paul is probably going to be coming off the bench to help anchor that second unit in which you have a Jonathan Kaminga, in which you have a Moses Moody. Those guys need guidance. Those guys need to stop turning the basketball over. One of the things that, that played the Golden State Warriors, I, I, I would say even since this, this, this run started, has been turnovers. Well, Chris Paul with that second unit, or Chris Paul when he's out there with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and those guys and Draymond, uh, if they decide to sign Draymond back, in which I hope they do, the turnovers could be cut down a lot more as well because he's a natural-born point guard. He's a natural-born leader and a guy that can, you know, could just cut that area of the basketball game down for them that has affected them negatively, uh, negatively uh, over the years. And I would also say this. Family. You mentioned it. California. Not far away. Jet setting. Private jet. Whether they want to get on Delta, because you know that's what I ride. That's the only thing mm-hmm. I ride. I don't ride no Fancy. Southwest, none of that crazy. I'm out on that Southwest range. But it's like, <laughs> but they're just one flight away. They're always one flight away. But when you're in the Bay Area and your family's in uh, LA, that's a quicker flight. So being in California, I know he's happy about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I go back to my Vegas roots at times, and I know people even that uh, live out there now that have friends and family that live in LA, and it's so easy to get a. A quick flight that hops you over, it makes it so attainable to go see your friends and your family even on the weekend if you want to. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. And, you know, I, I, I think it's also interesting. You and I talked about a football conversation. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. We were talking a little bit about, you know, Von Miller and the pass rush school and how sometimes what you see is that you have these players that play on rival teams, but they're actually helping each other get as good as they can be because there's a brotherhood camaraderie. I believe in sports for many athletes at some point no matter what jawing you've had with somebody else you reach a point in your career where you realize hey we're all seasoned and we need each other right like there is this moment for me where I don't I don't believe Chris Paul's coming in he's a shell of the Chris Paul he could have been four or five years ago joining the Warriors I'm not expecting any of that I do expect an immediate understanding because of the mutual respect that will exist between he and Steph 
and Clay and Draymond. To me, the Warriors are telling you, hey, we're going to stay all in right now, all right? We don't care. Like, the attempt to bridge the gap to the next generation with several young stars has not worked. So we are going to bridge it. We are going to stop bridging the gap. We're going to go all in, and we're going to continue to bring in veterans that understand exactly what they need to do and how they need to do it. I think if we understand coming in that Chris Paul is not going to be asked to play 36 minutes as the starting point guard of this team, but instead is going to be asked to be a solidifying force if he's willing to take that role off the bench that you and I both agree he's going to have, man, that's power. That's power in a playoff run when we sit there and say, oh, you need the experience for a team like Memphis, right? That's power for a group of veterans that are going to know when to push and when to pull back. Like there's, there's power in the respect that they'll have for each other in the way to play the game. And I don't believe Chris Paul would be headed to Golden State unless he was ready to change his role to do it. And if he's willing to make all of those sacrifices, man, it's hard for me to bet against how good the Warriors can be over the course of a season. Also, we got to look at this. Chris Paul shot 37% from the three-point line a year, uh, a year ago with the, Golden, uh, with the Phoenix Suns. And the open shots and the open looks that he's going to be able to get with Steph Curry on the court, with Klay Thompson on the court, with Andrew Wiggins on the court, uh, I think that's going to be a part of his game where he practice even much, uh, even that much more because you are going to get those looks. So you want to be ready. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Uh, so I just think that's another factor in this whole ordeal is Chris Paul being able to get open looks. And I think he's going to be able to knock them down for this team. Open looks, close to family, championships. Remember, earlier, it was last week, Chris Paul, earlier this week, Chris Paul joined us on this show. This is what he said to us on this show earlier this week about how he views his own legacy. Well, I mean, obviously that's the topic of the conversation all the time, not just for me, but for everybody in sports. And it's, it's definitely a place for it, which is fine. For me, um, I mean, I love hooping more than anything, right? I just love the game. I love the competitiveness of it, but I'm hoping that my legacy is more than that, even as far as the education of players now, um, all the things that the union has done to help help its players and its retired players. And then I think the, the coolest part for me is uh, my AAU program, the fact that I have 12 kids from my AAU program that play in the NBA. So uh, hopefully that'll, that'll be something that, uh, I don't know, not, necessarily, not just my legacy, but, it, but all of ours combined. All of that legacy conversation added with the fact that he moves closer to home, where he can be closer to the family that means so much to him. And you can see it in the book that he just put out. And on top of that, he puts himself one step closer to a group of people that, frankly, know how to win a championship. I think this is a big win for Chris Paul. He's the latest domino to fall in what we expect to be a wild NBA offseason. We'll tell you why he's not the only future Hall of Famer likely to join a contender next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Love Friday. I'm Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, you know the drill. We spend Friday afternoon setting the mood for Friday night. Uh, by the way, I got to share, share a little love, Harry, uh, as you can see, but people on TV watching might notice that I'm not on the camera today because I am at Fenway Park. Got to give a little oh! love to everybody here at Fenway. They worked really hard to find me a spot where we could do the show. Tonight I'll be interviewing Kane Brown and Darius Rucker on some pieces you'll see on the SEC Network later this summer. 
So it took a lot. Of, a lot. Of, a lot of people had to do a lot of work. So I got to say thanks to everybody here at Fenway uh, for finding the spot so that Fitz and Harry could be uninterrupted. Yeah, I, it, it, I've been to an opening day mm. at Fenway. Unbelievable, Fitz. Unbelievable. And for my boy, my brother from another mother, my fraternal twin, Jason Fitz, to be sitting on the Green Monster on Love Friday. Mm. Uh, small humble brag. I'm pretty sure we, we we now become the only show in sports where I've hosted an ESPN show from Fenway and also played Fenway as a musician. The band played here a couple of times. So uh, look at that. I've, I've been on both sides of Fenway. Humble brag for Fitz and Harry. Well, really, just for me. Do you Are you actually looking at the field and stuff? Right uh, yeah, I can see I can see Kane Brown set up right now. The big KB on the speakers and on the yeah, stage. Kane, Kane's uh, crew working their tails off to get everything set up. I had to pay 75 bucks to park for the day, though, Harry. I'm still a little weirded out by that. I'm not sure my car is Actually, the last there. time I was in Boston, I went kayaking down by, by the water. Hmm. And boy, whew, that is not an easy thing to do. I, I didn't even know you could kayak here. Uh, if, if there was anybody I could get in a kayak with in Boston through the streets, it would be Harry Douglas because it's Love Friday, which has me thinking about, you know, maybe a little bit of, of love connection, maybe a little bit of matchmaking. Maybe it's time to play the NBA match game. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to bring producer extraordinaire Evan into the fold here. All right. Evan is going to give us a free agent or a trade candidate in the NBA. He will give us a name. And from that name, Harry, we will decide where the best match would belong in the NBA. Harry, are you ready? Let's do this. Uh, Evan, you know the drill on these game show bits. I, I really need that game show sexy voice. Like, Give us your best uh, sexy Evan game show voice when you do this. What do you got for us? All right. I, before I get into that, I do need to say there is a rule. Like, You guys can say that the best match is their current team. I do want to... Oh, good. I do want to preface that and make sure you guys know that because the first name is Damian Lillard. Oh, that was that was good, Evan. I, and by the way, I'm I'm going to immediately make the match back in Portland. You know, here's the thing: if we're asking where we think it's going to go, Harry, I would say Portland because I think he's going to end up. You you just want to let me make any magical match I can possibly make in the entire world. Throw him on the Knicks, just because I think that would create chaos all over the world. Put Dame on the Knicks. That would be my perfect match, but I think he's going to end up back in Portland. I think with the first person, Damian Lillard, I want to. I'm going to stray away from what you mentioned. I'm going to go the Miami Heat. Ooh. I'm going to go the Miami Heat, even though I, I, I will not believe it until I actually see it. I'm going to go the Miami Heat, and what he would do for that organization, especially a guy like Jimmy Butler being paired up with Bam uh, Adebayo as well. I think it'll be phenomenal for the NBA and also for the Miami Heat fans. All right, little match game here. Ev, who you got for us next? James Harden. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Just Ooh. the way he says that, that's absolutely perfect. Harry, you got a perfect match for Harden in your mind? Yeah, how about consistent point guard play? How about we match him to that since we haven't seen it from him in the playoffs the last two years? Uh, I'm going to say, ooh, this is tough. I I don't know. I don't really have a place that I feel like Harden's not going to frustrate me and the team's Ooh. not going to end up sucking. Like, I just, I, I don't know. Like, is there a spot where you think Harden goes and suddenly, like, maybe Philly is the right spot for him just because I can't think of anywhere else that I'm not going to be equally. Yeah, that's, what, that's why I'm going to go Philly. I'm going to go Philly because I can't even think any, anywhere else for him to go. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess. Maybe my only hope is that he goes back to the Rockets. I'm going to put him in the Rockets because if he goes to the Rockets, nobody's going to talk about him and I don't have to worry about it all year. So the perfect match for Harden <laughs> is I don't have to talk about him while he's down in Houston. What do you got next for us, Evan? Kyrie Irving! Oh, this is easy for me. I'm going to go to Dallas Mavericks, right? Uh, being back paired up with Luka Doncic and those guys being able to see what they can do. Um, even if they get a play uh, play-in opportunity, 
not tanking so you can get a pick in <sighs> which they trade it back to dump a salary. Oh, it's just a whole lot. It's a whole lot. I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks. You have lost your damn mind. Like, if I'm playing a, a celebrity match game here where I can just put him wherever I want to put him, he's taking a pay cut and he's going to the Lakers. You give me Kyrie, AD, and LeBron, I don't really care about the financials and how it works. I, I really care about the soap opera. Like, I, I'm feeling a little lost right now because I don't have any Vanderpump to watch. Like, Real Housewives isn't that interesting anymore. Give me the LA Lakers as the soap opera we all need. Put LeBron and Kyrie next to each other where they're going to yell at each other. Things are going to get heated every time they lose a game. A AD's going to not you show up sometimes. Okay. You just wait a minute. Oh, okay. Mark Cuban just said he can't make the same mistake twice in which he allowed Jalen Brunson to walk last year. He can't do it two years in a row. That would be awful as an owner. Awful. Yeah, I, you're right, but I just want I want the drama, uh, you know. Uh, the, I, I want the drama of a third player that will play six games, and then people in LA will tell me that they belong to with their numbers and the rafters. I'm still salty about that. What do you got next for us, Evan, on some match game with NBA pay, uh, players and the team they could be headed to next season? Paul George. Oh, I'm gonna go to New York Knicks. I like the rumblings that I'm hearing about Paul George. Um, and the Knicks and the, the Clippers having these conversations. I would love to see him in the Big Apple in Madison Square Garden being paired up with a guy like Jalen Brunson. So I'm going to go to New York Knicks. I actually really agree with that. I, uh, the thing of it is, at some point, if you're the Clippers, the definition of insanity, right? You keep trying the same thing. It doesn't work. I think Paul George to the Knicks is just enticing to me because it's the Knicks and it gives us somebody to talk about. Also, uh, the moment won't be overwhelming for him at all. I like that. Paul George to, to the Knicks. I'll, I'll, I'll buy a little of what you're selling. Evan, who do we have next in match game? Fred Van Vliet. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, Evan, can you just say that one more time for us? Fred Van Vliet. Come on down. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to go to Lakers. I think the Lakers could really use a guard like Van Fleet. So I'm going to go to Lakers. <sighs> okay. Here's the thing. I honestly think the best spot for him is right back in Toronto. I, like, I, I just, I don't think he goes anywhere else and it makes sense. So I, I think staying home, he's one of those guys that I think is a value, but not for the level of money that he would get on the open street from everybody else. I think he, he presents the most value to Toronto and Toronto loves him. So back and forth, I think that's the way that one goes. We'll, we'll continue to do more celebrity match games. There are so many celebrity players this year. This is going to be an intense NBA offseason because we're going to see star after star headed to team after team, and it could reshape the entire middle of the league going into next year. So we'll play more Celebrity Match Game as the show goes on today. But coming up, what the CP3 trade to the Warriors tells us about the future of the association. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. With the first pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama. Accomplishing something that I've been dreaming of, hearing that sentence from Adam Silver. I've dreamed of it so much. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The 
Washington Wizards have agreed to send Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors for Jordan Poole. I think, I think, I think at all times you just want to be somewhere uh, where you can compete for a championship and, and definitely be with a team uh, where you appreciate it. I think this is a right move for the Warriors, and I would love to see Chris Paul alongside uh, Steph Curry. Fitz and Harry on the ESPN radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80. Mega trades, the draft, the NBA offseason is in full effect, and there's chaos everywhere. It's Love Friday. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, using Friday afternoon to set the mood for Friday night. Now we're going to set the mood for the NBA offseason with our buddy Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. Bobby, I got to get to the big trade. I got to get to all of that in a second. First and foremost, I was watching last night. You were great on the draft broadcast, but the draft is such a difficult, it's confusing. I'm just going to be honest with you, Bobby. You know I do this for a living. You know I work hard at trying to be smart at what I do. The draft is confusing. What can what can be done to make the draft less confusing from, from like just a casual viewer's standpoint? I think reversing um, start with free agency first and then have the draft. I think that would make it a lot easier because, remember, we're working in a calendar year when we go July 1st to June 30th, okay? And then the new cap calendar, you know, uh, moves to the, um, you know, to July 1. So a lot of trades, um, you know, whether it have been Davis Bertans to Oklahoma City or even the, um, you know, the Chris Paul trade, like those trades can't happen until, you know, July 1 because finances. So I don't. I don't know why we don't do it like how the NFL does it, where we go free agency and then the draft later here. Uh, yeah, I know everything's kind of crammed into one, especially when the season ends here, but that would be my suggestion, and I think that would probably help a lot of things here. Yeah, definitely it helped me, Bobby. My head was exploding last <laughs> night, but I tuned in the entire my time. My head was exploding too. <laughs> so, so what is next for the Golden State Warriors in their salary cap situation after acquiring Chris Paul? Well, I think it's going to be Draymond. I think, uh, you know, certainly when you move off uh, Jordan Poole's, you know, contract, which was four years left, um, I think it gives you more of a window um, to have more flexibility, whether for Draymond on a, on a long-term contract. We'll see where that, where that number is going to be. It's certainly going to be probably where he opted out of, maybe a little bit higher. And then I think the next big thing will be what happens with, um, you know, with Clay Thompson, who's extension eligible um, this offseason here. But I just saw the deal more of a finance, more financial than basketball related. Um, basically, you know, what they had to give up with uh, Jordan Poole and a first and a second. There are two uh, picks they drafted last year here um, just to kind of get off that salary. And they've got the veteran minimum exception outside of, you know, resigning Draymond here and, um, I just thought that maybe that, you know, the pool contract was something maybe you move down the road and you maybe get back players that are going to be on your roster for a, a couple of years. And, you know, Chris Paul's got a non-guaranteed contract next year and there's no guarantee he'll be on the roster. At some point, though, we're talking to Bobby Marks, ESPN, NBA front office insider. They have tried to figure out how to, they being the Warriors, have tried to figure out how to bridge the gap, you know, have, have players that they trust now and then players that they can build on for the future. That second part of it has gone wrong more than it's gone right for the Warriors of late at what point does it become concerning that the Warriors haven't been able to figure out any youth movement on this roster? Oh, it's a failure. 
it's, it's been a, it's been a failure. I mean, and I, I love the plan. I think, you know, when you say, you know, hey, we have the, you know, we're going to take James Wiseman and we're going to do Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody and we've got Jordan Poole. And, that, and when Clay and Steph and Draymond get older, this is going to be the next starting five. Or, but as you guys saw, I mean, um, Wiseman was traded, Poole was traded, um, Kaminga was a, they, you know, they didn't play him in the playoffs here. And, you know, when you're, you know, you, you, your pick goes out next year and in a, um, in a trade to Boston, um, where's the, you know, where is the youth movement here? Because it's going to be, Whenever this does end, whether it be three years from now, I, I don't, you know, whenever you know the Curry years are over, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be like pre-Curry in Golden State. Now, when we talk about CP3, I want to go back to CP3 really quick. In your yeah. eyes, how does he fit in with what the Warriors like to do offensively? Well, it's a great question. Matt Williams, who does a great job for us for in stats, um, you know, put gave us a stat last night. You know, the, the Warriors for from the pace standpoint, are, are the sixth fastest in the league. When Chris Paul's on the court, sixth slowest, you know, in the league. And it's it's just a contrast in style. I think you're probably going to likely see him probably come off the bench, which is which is fine. I think it's a matter of, you know, is he closing games here? Um, but I just think, it, you know, the way Golden State plays, you know, more up and down, I think it does slow slow down a little bit here. Um, and that that, for me, would be, you know, would be concerning. Bobby, have you seen anything in the last few days through the course of the transactions that have made you think that a team other than the Nuggets should be the favorite in the West? No, I know, and I know. I mean, I know. You know, Phoenix is the taste of the month right now because of the Bradley Beal trade here. Um, I'm not ready to anoint them because I want to see what they do to, to the rest of their roster here. I love. I really like what Denver did in the draft. They basically just drafted three and four year college guys and. And you know, guys who can, they can roll out like Christian Brown last year. So I don't see anything that happened in the Eastern Conference, even you know, with Porzingis going to Boston. Still a lot of unknowns there, and I, I don't see anything in the Western Conference, even with Phoenix getting um, you know Bradley Beal. All right, Bobby, I got to put you on the spot. If you're Joe Cronin, GM of the Blazers, yeah, what is the conversation that you're having with Damian Lillard today? So I'm bringing him in the office. I'm putting, a de- I'm putting the depth chart on with the draft picks. I thought they really did a nice job um, in the draft here and uh, saying um, this is who we are right now. Uh, this is what we can do in free agency, whether it be Jeremy Grant and Matisse Thibel. And this is what the roster is that we're going to roll into next, next season. What do you think of this? And if Damian Lillard says, I don't think this, we can win with this roster, then I'm going to say, well, it's your choice. Do you want out? And I'm going to put it right on his feet there and let him make the decision right there. Ooh, that what I'm. That, see, that's why I love you, Bobby. Get straight to the point. How do you feel? <laughs> well, do you feel like day, we can win with this? Day, yeah. At the end of the day, like he has to ask. He he has to be the person who asks to be traded. Like they're not going to all of a sudden be shopping, and then all of a sudden he'd be like, "Hey, we're going to move you to uh, Sacramento." Like he's mm-hmm. the guy who has to initiate this, and it doesn't do any good if he doesn't. What's happening then with Scoot? Because obviously in this like in a normal situation, your third overall pick, Scoot Henderson, that everybody thinks is going to be a building block, is reaching out probably to Dame that night and is just reaching out saying, man, I can't wait to play with you. This is going to be so exciting. As an organization, are you still doing that or are you sort of hands off until Dame lets everybody know what he wants? Yeah, I don't know if if the you know the scoop factor um, would be the tipping straw here. I think I think Lillard would be eager to play with Scoot. I think it's probably everything else that comes with the rest of the roster as far as can it compete, um, you know, at a high level. Um, 
I, I still think even with Grant and, and, and Tease Bible are back, um, you're probably still looking at a what a playing team. Um, you know, teams trying to get into the playoffs. Maybe they get they can get the six here, and um, you know that's kind of the, the reality of the situation. Is there a player right now that you think is actually attainable for the for Portland that would take them to the next level this year? Well, I mean, I think Paul George would be. I don't know if he's attainable, but here comes the risk. I mean, Paul George has got a player option for next year. He can become a free agent. What happens if you go out and you get him, and then all of a sudden he walks, and you've just traded away basically all your future, and that sets you back a lot. And that's the that's the high risk, you know, high risk, high reward that front offices have to deal with. What's the bigger risk, though, in your mind, Bobby, from your experience? Do you, do you roll the dice on somebody like Paul George, or do you roll the dice that you're not doing enough and Dame just wants to walk out and you're restarting either way? Yeah, I'm rolling the dice that, you know, that you know he's going to come to me and say this roster is not good enough and I'm going to try to parlay in, into a bounty full of picks and we're going to reset the roster. See, I like Bobby. See, Bobby gets straight to the point. What that do is- you want? Here's who we have on our <laughs> roster. What do you feel like we can do? Do you want to be here? Nothing else needs to be said. Either I, it's I, a yes I, or it's a no, Dane. I, I just... I just feel like a year from now we're going to be talking on the Friday after the draft and you guys are going to be saying, what do you think is going to happen with Damian Lillard after going 34 and 48? And I'm be like, whoa, he could have, could have done it last year, but now we're this year. So I just, I don't know. I just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel here. By the way, just, just to prove we actually listened to you, Bobby, uh, we both said yesterday that Zion and Dame weren't going anywhere this week and it was all overblown. So see, we are good students. I we, appreciate we, it. You, there, there we go. Bobby, always appreciate it. Hey, man, really good job on the draft. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. I know it was a long night last night. We appreciate you coming in and giving us this insight. Thanks, guys. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. Chris Paul isn't the only future Hall of Famer facing unrealistic expectations next season. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. With the third pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Scoot Henderson. You know, I'm blessed to go, go that high and I just continue to work. I just put my head down and work and control what I can. And, that, and that's how hard I work and that's me every day getting better in my body and my mind. Portland should make a trade or make trades to bring in veterans to help Dame. They have many tradable assets, but they need to make trades to help Dame win and keep Dame in Portland. For what? I mean, I hear that. Portland should make trades. But when you actually look at the viable trade options that are out there, there's a real conversation of if they can even bring in the talent that it would take to make the Trailblazers good enough to keep Dame happy. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Tune in to an interleague battle tomorrow night. The Dodgers host the Astros. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We just asked our NBA front office insider, Bobby Marks, what he would do if he was running the Trailblazers, and he made it very clear. He would sit down with Dame and say, here's the roster, here's the plan. Do you want to be here? If, if you don't, we'll honor that, but you have to be the one that says it. 
that being said, this is what Joe Cronin, the Blazers GM, said at his press conference specifically last night about Damian Lillard's future with the team. Dame badly, badly wants to win. And he's probably being more vocal about that than ever, but I don't look at that as a negative. He's bought in. He wants it to work here. And he's challenging us to get it done, which I think is more than fair, and he's earned that. Harry, I mean, I I hear part of that, but I also kind of don't. Like, uh, just tell the world what you want. Yeah, also, let me hear some conviction in your your voice, Mr. Cronin. Please. A little too soft for me at that moment, but... I think he needs, like Bobby Marks mentioned, he needs to put the ball in Dame court. Like, let him know this is the roster, this is what we're going to have, this is the lineup, these are the guys that we have moving forward. Do you want to be in Portland or do you not? By the way, Fitz, where do you think Scoot Henderson is from? Where, uh, Scoot Henderson? Where is he yeah. from? I don't know. To Georgia, baby. With oh, the High of School. course, he's from Georgia. Yep, in Marietta. Look <laughs> at just, that. just something about those Georgia boys. Oh, DSGB, just... Down South mm-hmm. Georgia boys. Shout out to Pastor Troy. That's my guy. Now, back to the Blazers. I, I just think the situation is being drawn out entirely too long because Bobby Marks just mentioned something else also when we had him on recently, uh, the last segment, is that we're probably going to be having these same conversations next year if he isn't moved, right? So if you're Damian Lillard, stop being nervous and scared of certain things. If you want to get out, just tell the people that you want to get out. We're I, I not, mean, I'm not going to look at him a certain way if he says that to the Blazers. It's the, it's the Harry Douglas 101. Say it with your chest. Yeah. Stop, stop telling everybody stop what you want to have happen around with general the, terms. the conversation and dancing around the topics and, you know, I want to win. And, and Kendrick Pershing said something this morning, I think it was the first trick to get up, is that he, he said, he, I, don't, I don't believe Dame really want to win. Because if you really want to win and you feel like getting out is an opportunity for you to win and compete for a championship, then tell them you want out. I mean, Harry, I can sit down with you tomorrow and say, all right, HG, I want, I want abs. I want abs right now. And you can look <laughs> at me all day and be like, that's cute, man, but you ain't going to get them. It's going to take a long time. It's going to take a lot of sacrifice. There's certain steps that have to go through the process. Like, Dame can sit here all day and say, I want to win. But if the answer is, I want to win in Portland, I guess my follow-up question is, how? What the hell do you think the Trailblazers are going to do with this roster to move this roster ahead of where the Nuggets are? And if the answer is there isn't any solution, then stop toying around with everybody and just get the hell out. Like, if your goal is to win, then at least come to me and tell me what you think the Trailblazers aren't doing that they should be doing right now that is an actual viable solution. Otherwise, you're just sitting there like a child complaining about something with no real solution in hand. That makes no sense to me. Well, here's the thing. It's not only the Nuggets that you have to worry about. There are other teams in the Western Conference. I understand the Denver Nuggets won the championship this year, and they're probably going to be the favorites moving into, moving into next year. But you talk about the Golden State Warriors. You talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. You talk about the Phoenix Suns. You talk about the Sacramento Kings. Right? You talk about all the Memphis Grizzlies, all these other teams on top of Oklahoma City being an up-and-coming team. You have all these teams in the mix. And if you're not going to be better than those guys, then wouldn't the best situation be is to, is to get out of Portland and try to go win somewhere else, particularly in the East? I, I mean, to me, I asked two very important questions of Bobby Marks, who's an NBA expert with all of these rosters. I asked him what the, the realistic plan was for Portland. How do they look this year? And he said they might be a play-in team, right? And then most importantly, all right, well, who's out there that you think they could acquire that would actually make them better than that right now, that would, that would help them take the next step? 
And the best answer he could come up with was trying to find a way to wrestle Paul George away from the Clippers. And even that's not a sure thing. Like, I, I understand. We always say, you know, if if was a fifth. Like, uh, people in hell want ice water. There's all these things that Damian Lillard wants to make the Trailblazers a competitive team. But realistically, if he wants the Trailblazers to be a competitive team, the best thing he can do is leave the Trailblazers because maybe the assets they get in return will make Portland good enough and maybe he can go somewhere where he has the shot at the championship he obviously wants. If he's asking for the championship in Portland, the number one thing he has to understand is no matter how long he's already been patient, he's going to have to be patient for more years in front of him. And if you're going to do that, then that means you just got to sit down and you just got to take it, whatever it is. Otherwise, you're going to have to find a new home. You know what else I'm looking at when I look at this Portland Trail Blazer, uh, Blazers uh, roster? Who was the rim protector? Who was going? Who was going to anchor the defense on the back end? Nobody. Who? T- that's what I'm saying. So like, you might as well. While you have this opportunity, Dame, go ahead and get out, man. Try to go win you a championship. Try to, you know, I know that's a goal of yours. It's everyone's goal when you're growing up and you're playing basketball and you're working hard and you're training. That's that's the reason why you train hours on top of hours to have an opportunity to try to win a championship. I personally think he's done uh, everything that he, 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 he could for that organization in Portland. Now it's time to move on and try to win a championship somewhere else. Uh, two things can be true at once in my mind. Like Dame can be without fault in this entire process of how we got here. And also right now today, Dame can be in a situation where he has to make tough decisions. And if you're Portland, I'm not going to make those tough decisions for him. I'm going to make Dame stand up and tell everybody what he wants, when he wants it, and how he wants it. I'm going to make Dame be the one that has to actually tell the world what is next for Dame. That's partially out of respect, and that's partially out of responsibility. And as much as Dame is here and beloved by so many people because what he's been through, none of that matters today when we're looking today moving forward. No matter what the past is, the future is something that Dame can control. It's high time that he take reins of that and control it the way he wants. We told you there's a future Hall of Famer not named Chris Paul facing unrealistic expectations this season. We'll tell you who it is next on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 